0: What musicians you have at your church. Amazing. First sur- the first service was fantastic. The full choir was here, and they sang Phil Wickham, one of Phil Wickham's songs. It was uh, tremendous. So uh, you are truly blessed. We're talking about blessings. The church that God blesses. Well, one thing you have going for you, you have an outstanding music ministry. Let's give it up one more time. <clears throat> How many of you were saved before the age of 18? Would you raise your hand and keep them up for a second? Look at that. That's well, the majority. Thank you. And I've said it many times as a pastor God does something with that red Kool Aid and uh, maybe cookies or something like that. It's amazing what God does during VBS. 30 souls saved. That is awesome. And that's what the church is truly all about. And uh, as mentioned earlier by Mark, I'm pastor, uh, 30 years almost, of three different churches in Kentucky, uh, one in eastern Kentucky, one in northern Kentucky, and my last church in Somerset where I raised our family with my wife, Rachel, uh, we were truly blessed to be there and saw a tremendous um, season of growth. God called me to be the uh, president of the Kentucky Baptist Foundation, and I'm really truly uh, honored to be part of that great organization since 1945. We've been advancing the kingdom and funding the Great Commission over those years almost 77 years. uh, We've distributed over uh, $221 million to Baptist causes, and that's pretty amazing. In fact, some of the monies at Lone Oak are in our foundation. We have between 250 and $300 million that we manage, and we're seeking to help individuals and churches as they want to fund the Great Commission for eternity. Um, and I could go on to stories about that, but let me suffice it to say, if you have any questions about how you'd like to plan your estate to make sure Lone Oak is in that estate, let us know. Uh, but thank you also for uh, being a CP giving church and hosting so many other churches during the tornadoes that took place. And so um, thank you. This was a, a beacon of hope to so many people and so many people still are recovering and our prayers have been with you. In fact, the foundation gave $100,000 to disaster relief for this area and we will continue to fund it as we can. But in pastoring, uh, like I said, I was in eastern Kentucky, and I was 24, 25 years old, pastoring a church, and uh, at that time, you'd go to Walmart, that was a big day over there, and uh, they didn't have checkout, like self-checkout, you actually had to go through the lines, Uh, they actually had people working the lines, Um, I won't say anything else there, sorry, Uh, but... Like I said, I was about 25. I gathered several things, went through the line, and it came up to like $22. And I looked in my wallet, and I had a $20 bill. I said, sorry, ma'am, I'm going to have to take something back. I'm just a poor Baptist preacher. She says, I know, I heard you last Sunday morning, so (laughs) this is what you have to look forward to today. Um, But anyway, when I was in Somerset, we were on live television, believe it or not, and radio. And so you had to really be on your P's and Q's. And I ended up pastoring a lot of people I didn't really know, but they felt I was their pastor. And uh, I'm sure that happened to Brother Dan uh, along the way. Um, But this lady called me and said, Brother Harmon in this southern draw, Brother Harmon, I've been watching you for years. I feel like you're my pastor and I'm going to ask you if you would do me a favor. I said, okay, if I can, I will. She said, uh, my cat has died, and I need someone to perform the funeral service. Well, I said, well, actually, I've got some visitation to do this afternoon. I really did at the hospital. Why don't you call the Presbyterian preacher right down the street? Presbyterian preacher wasn't available. Methodist preacher wasn't available. Catholic priest wasn't available. call me back and said, you know what, I really wanted you to do the service. I've already made a check out for $1,000. I wanted to give it to you. I said, why didn't you tell me he's a Baptist cat? I'll be right over. (laughs) Well, you know that wasn't exactly true. But um, I've enjoyed pastoring. And meeting like this never grows old. We had one soul saved this morning at the first service. And it's not a coincidence that you're here today. I know that you're here because this is what you do as a Christian. But perhaps there's someone here that you struggled whether you were supposed to come today. Well, trust me, this service is just for you. We're going to talk about the church God blesses, and in many ways, it's the individual also. And so to honor Christ... Would you kindly stand that are able for the reading of God's word? Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 41. I'm reading from the NIV version today, and I'll tell you why in a moment. For those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayers. Then fear came over everyone, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and had everything in common. So they sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all. As anyone had need. And every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word, and may his name ever be praised. You may be seated. I'm going to say three things and try to keep it very concise. They told me I had an hour and a half to preach, but I told them I'd just go a half hour, okay? (laughs) The church that God blesses is found really in this text, Peter had preached Pentecost and many wonders had happened and the church was gathering in its infancy. The Lord was adding because the preaching was going on. And that's my first point. If you look at verse 42, it said they were teaching the gospel, teaching and preaching the gospel. And that's the first most important word you need to hear today is the preaching has to be right. It has to be Christ-centered. And you've been blessed to have Brother Willis and Brother Dan to lead your church in these many years. How many were saved and baptized under Brother Dan or Brother Willis? Just raise your hand. Many of you. God blesses faithful preaching about Jesus. And truly, it's not about the preacher. It's not about his background, per se. It's about delivering the message of Jesus. As Mark already mentioned, uh, we have to really affirm the gospel of who Jesus is. Recently, I had someone knock on my door, and they said, we are from so-and-so church, And I said, oh, okay. I said, I'm a pastor. That was going to be a very interesting conversation. They said, we'd like to share with you our Bible. And their Bible was very interesting. You know, I told you I have a special Bible I'm going to talk about today, a new NIV version. But they had another version of the Bible called the New World Translation. It was from another world, all right. It was a world that I didn't recognize because that particular version of the Bible doesn't affirm the six things I want you to affirm today. And so pretend for a moment you're in an African-American congregation, which I visit many times and preach in Cincinnati when I was pastoring there. We would have pulpit exchange. I loved it. And so when I make a statement, you can affirm that by saying amen. And so we start with number one. Jesus is God. Amen. Jesus was born of a virgin. Amen. Now you can do better than this, okay? <laughs> Jesus lived a sinless life. Amen. Jesus died a substitutionary death. Amen. He died for you and me. We should have been there. But that was Friday. Friday. Sunday was coming and Jesus rose up from that tomb and is alive. Jesus ascended back to God the Father and one day Jesus will split the eastern sky and he will return. That's the preaching of Jesus. That's who Jesus is. He's not a son of God only. He is God. He's 100% God. And somehow our world has forgotten the principles of who Jesus is and what the gospel is. We're all sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. But God demonstrated his love for us in this, while we were yet sinners, Christ, Died for us, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Doesn't say you might be saved, it says you shall be saved if you call upon him in faith. And in that same passage, Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15, if you want to turn there, it talks about how beautiful the feet of those who preach the gospel. Let me tell you something. Preachers aren't the only ones preaching. We're all to be preachers. We're all to be taking the gospel to the lost and dying world. I believe that Jesus Christ has the answer to every consequence of life. I've been with those who are down and out. I mean, as a pastor, I've held my hands as I, of those who've gone in rehab centers. I've seen people lose their life to the consequences of sin. I've seen people down and out like you cannot imagine. I've also seen people up and out. They have it all. The homes, the cars, the riches. But I've learned this. Whether you're down and out or up and out, without Christ, you are out. You may think you've got it, but you don't have it. Let me tell you some troubling statistics. In 1980, Kentucky Baptist Churches like Lone Oak, Somerset, all across the Commonwealth, we baptized 4,300 young adults, 18 to 29. I wrote an article on this on my blog page. Last year in 2022, and this was going down way before COVID, we baptized 1,284. So roughly, to 1980 to 2022, even though our population is growing, we are baptizing almost 75% less young adults. Does that trouble you? It should trouble you because the very church that Jesus Christ died for and is coming back for, we're letting him down. Let me ask you another question. Do you believe the best days of Lone Oak Baptist Church are behind you or in front of you? I hope you said in front because God is getting ready to do some amazing things in your church. If you don't believe it, you need to pray more. You see, the preaching of the gospel is so critical. It's attractional. Don't let anybody say that, oh, we, we're, we're serving Christ. It's, it's, we just want the chosen. Uh, let me tell you something. Jesus Christ wants to save everyone. He wants and he died for every one. I was preaching a revival in a remote town in Kentucky. And the service was Sunday through Wednesday. And as I was getting through the service, each day there was like glass on the right side of the sanctuary. I saw this, this young man, about 17, 18, he'd walk by Sunday night, he didn't come in. Tuesday, Monday night, Tuesday night, didn't come in. But on Wednesday night, For some reason, he came in and listened to the sermon. And on the third stanza of Just As I Am, this young man gave his heart to Christ and went on to say, I think God wants me to be a preacher. I said, I think I can help you. And so we helped him go to Clear Creek Baptist Bible College in the mountains He graduated there, graduated from Southern Seminary, and today he's pastor of a a significant church in Virginia. God is still calling men and women to the ministry. We can do this with the grace of God. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Our God is great. But let's look at the second point. Not only does the preaching have to be Christ-centered, the programming has to be Christ-honoring. Certainly your music is Christ-honoring. Certainly your vacation Bible school and your Sunday school must be Christ-honoring. Because we have to focus on what this book says. This isn't any other book. This is God's Word. Written over a 1,500-year period with 40 different human writers, in three different languages, but with one author, God. When he wrote this, this is to be our guide. This is to be our directive. In the Old Testament, he gave us 10 commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, Thou shalt not make a graven image before the Lord. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Honor thy father and thy mother. By the way, when I was pastoring, I had an evangelist who was 110 years old. Seriously, 110 years old. And he preached for an hour and a half. The first hour, he would preach behind the pulpit, and then he would say, young man, and of course to him, everyone was young, young man, give me a stool, and he would sit in the stool for the other 45 minutes. But I I will always remember what he said. People ask me, how have I lived such a long life? I said, that's easy. I just follow the fifth commandment. You know what the fifth commandment says? Honor thy father and mother and you'll have a long life upon the earth. Honor your parents, amen? So, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. These aren't the ten suggestions. They're the ten commandments. And we know that Jesus is, Affirm those. And we are to live like that. In every way, Christ wants to be part of our programming. If you want your church to be blessed, pastors, make sure that every activity is pleasing God. I have pastored churches and I must say this in all uh, humility. The church isn't a shrine for the saints. It's a hospital for the sick. You want your church to grow? Let me say that again. I want you to answer it. Do you want your church to grow? Then you help people. I travel all across the Commonwealth, and I eat at a lot of different restaurants. What's your favorite restaurant? Everyone say it at the same time. I'd like to hear somebody, just if it's a local or if it's, you know, Cracker Barrel. On the count of three, just say out loud your favorite restaurant. One, two, three. I heard Chick-fil-A right over here. A gospel bird. You're making me hungry now. Applebee's, Golden Corral, I heard somebody say that. I, I, I go to sometimes when I travel around, I try to go to not the franchise. I try to find some place that you just can't see anywhere. And so there are places in Lexington, Louisville, in northern Kentucky, I'm sure I mean there's this hole-in-the-wall chili um, restaurant. Cincinnati is the number one chili destination in the world, not just because of Skyline, but uh, they have a lot of unique restaurants. And this one particular restaurant, Hole in the Wall, but the line is out the front door. So I traveled and went in there, and it was fantastic. And I was reminded. Of that, because people will travel where they get fed. In church, if you feed people, not just physically, but spiritually and with the scriptures, people will flood into your church. This isn't rocket science. You feed people, they come. And when preachers preach the gospel, it's attractional. And when programming reaches people, you'll see the difference. How many have been to Israel? Anybody here? Anybody here? Well, I took a trip to Israel, and we had a Jewish guide, and this Jewish guide was very knowledgeable, but he wasn't a believer. And I took this Bible. I'm a coach. So I've coached sports, a lot of, a lot of uh, sports, and so I use devotionals for my teams. Um, we had many championships, and we'd always have the same thing. We'd have devotionals. And so I took this Bible on my Israel trip. So, to make a long story short, the guide said, Oh, that's a unique Bible. I had another guy on the trip from America. He was a coach, and um, he used the Bible. And I looked at his Bible once. It had all these markings and drawings on it, and markers on it, and all these signatures in it. And it was amazing. It is an amazing Bible. I said, really? What was his name? He said, uh, Bobby Bowden from Florida? I said, uh, yeah, Bobby Bowden from Florida State University, the famous football coach that's one of the winningest coaches in history. He said, yeah, he was such a nice guy, real loud, real talkative. I said, yeah, that's Bobby. He said he was really interesting, but then he did something that no one's ever done before. I said, well, what was it? He said, he gave me his Bible, the one that was marked up. I have it in my home. And he said, if I would read it, he'd love for me to read it and join him in heaven. Which brings me to my third and final point. By the way, the FCA... One of the FCA directors was here today and affirmed that Bobby Bowden has spoken from this pulpit. How many remember that, if anyone? Really interesting. And several people uh, came to know Christ. But the third point is, not should the preaching be right and the programs be Christ-centered, but the practice of our faith has to be Christ influenced that's what it says in verse if we go back to verse 47 early verse 46 as well it says and every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple broke bread from house to house they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart praising God and having favor with all the people and every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved the important part is this, they were together, they were sharing, they cared about one another. And It goes back to that old saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And somehow in our Christian faith, we need to demonstrate our love for Christ. People can't hear our preaching if they don't see it in our lives. 25 years ago, I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So I had cancer nearly stage four. I think it was late three, four. At those times, I had to take the chemotherapy. I lost my hair and had radiation, lost a little bit of my voice. And I'll never forget, I would have my radiation and my chemotherapy on Mondays, so I could preach on Sunday. And those who've gone through chemotherapy, and I know there are several here, know what it's like. You get nauseated and all that type of thing. I would have people show up at the service. They said, I'm not from your church, but I'm really interested in hearing you preach. I've never really seen a miracle before. Let me tell you something. God is still in the healing business. Can you say a louder amen than that? You may be the next miracle. And people like Bob shows up and prays for you. You think that prayer doesn't have power? Duke University did a study. It said that when patients add prayers to their healing, it's amazing what God does in the healing process. That's from Duke University. I paraphrased it. What's the point? The point is, I felt the love of God. I had the fortune, good fortune of having an amazing congregation. And I said one Sunday morning as I was going through this treatment, I love chicken noodle soup. That week I had 25 kettles of chicken noodle soup. (laughs) I wish I'd have said maybe I like steak dinner or something. But no, every one of those. Are amazing To this day, when I think of chicken noodle soup, it takes me back to that time. Because people cared. When I came into the office this morning, someone had made a loaf of bread with my name on it. Wow. People feel it. And so I did this this morning. I'm going to do it again at this service. This is, gonna, this is for somebody here. I don't know who it is. It always is. I want you to find someone in need. In your mind, get their address. This is not a text-only event. I don't want you to put your return address on it. Just put their name on it. And don't give them a plan of salvation track. Put a $10 bill in there. A $20 bill or whatever you can afford. You don't get any credit for it per se. And just do it. What's going to happen is it's going to make their day. It's going to make your day. And something's going to happen. I can't prove it in Scripture. But I just know our God is like this. When you give, you always receive in some way. It may not be financial, but it may be in heaven we'll know that, you know, that event changed someone's life. And if I had time, I could go over many of these issues. And if you'll do that, that's all. You don't have to tell me anything. I'm telling you, when you practice the faith, it brings character. It gives you strength. It makes you the type of Christian that your children will admire, your grandchildren will admire. You know what? My final word is this. You have an amazing church. You're going to find a great preacher. Your programs are good. But we all could do better practicing the faith. Join the compliment club. Don't just say over dinner, that music was really good. Why don't you text Mark? Tell him in person. Tell the new preacher, that was a great sermon. Don't just leave it in your head, act upon it. And today, I said from the very beginning, There's someone here that probably needed to hear this message. I don't know who it is. But I do know this. This morning, a young lady gave her heart to Christ. She prayed right there. I'm going to ask everyone in the congregation to bow their head, close their eyes. And if you're not a Christian, and you want to be a Christian, I want you to pray this prayer right where you sit. Dear God, right now. I ask you, forgive me of my sins. You know every one of them. And God, right now I ask Jesus to come into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. And to the best of my ability, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I will live for Christ and be baptized and be part of your church. And if you prayed that prayer, In just a moment, I want you to meet me here. Maybe you've been attending the church for a long time and never become part of the church. You're not a member of Lone Oak, but Lone Oak needs you right now. What an encouragement would be for you to walk the aisle and say, you know what? God's doing something. I want to be part of it here. If you want to join this church, meet me here. Father, bless this invitation. Do in these moments what only you can do, and be with us as we sing this hymn of invitation in Jesus' name. Amen.